0: It's my hope, through all of my stories, to be able to inspire and bring hope. As far as messages that people get from, from each of my books, it's so different. Uh, I realize that what somebody needs as a reading will speak to them in a different way than someone else. It's, 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 very, it's really cool how God just kind of works through stories to touch people right where they need them.
1: We'll be talking about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writers' Day Podcast. Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Ruth Dowthit, and I'm an award-winning author of books for middle grade readers, and I'm the current president of Christian Writers of the West, the Arizona Chapter of American Christian Fiction Writers. Welcome. I started this podcast a couple of years ago because I felt it was important to connect with published authors out there to ask them about their writing journey, how they've overcome obstacles like rejection, and also to give us some writing tips on how they research for their stories. And today I'm thrilled to have with us Jody Hedlund, one of the most prolific writers out there she's the best-selling author of over 30 historical novels for both adults and teens and she's won numerous awards including the christie the carol and the christian book awards and now she's out with a new series beginning with the book come back to me it's a time travel kind of story that seems to me to be a lot like outlander and hg wells mixed together well she had to endure a lot of research on this project so if you are the type of author who has to conduct research, I think you're going to get a lot out of this podcast episode. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we listen to award-winning author Jody Headland. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm super excited to have award-winning, best-selling author Jodi Headland with me this morning. Jodi was one of my first interviews that I had when I started my podcast about two years ago, and I thought I'd ask her to come on again to talk about her newest release that's coming up this summer, Come Back to Me, which is a fascinating time travel kind of novel. So welcome, Jodi, to talk to us about your book.
0: Thank you for
1: having me again, Ruth.
0: It's a pleasure to be back.
1: Now, you are a best-selling author of over 30 historical novels, both for adults and teens. How on earth did you do that while also raising five kids and having a whole bunch of cats, too? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you, it has been a very...
0: Very wild adventure over the years of trying to squeeze in writing time amidst raising a busy household. But um, I am on the far end now. My two twins, my twins, my twin daughters just graduated from college a couple weekends ago. Oh, wow. So now I have three college graduates, and my one of my sons just graduated from high school, and so. Right now, I only have one left in the nest. So uh, I've been able to gradually increase the amount of time that I'm able to spend on my writing. And and that's been been fun, to move into a new stage of having a little more concentrated time without constantly being interrupted.
1: (laughs) I bet.
0: But this,
1: this project... Come Back to Me, wow, this seems like it really needed a lot of time, uh, a lot of attention, because, wow, you had to do a lot of research for this. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your latest novel, Come Back to Me?
0: Sure. Well, this, as you said, is a a what's what I've been calling a time-crossing novel, or Traditionally known as a time travel book. Mm -hmm. So it's a step away from my usual historical romance because I do consider myself a historical romance author primarily. And so this is a little bit different in that it involves uh, a contemporary heroine by the name of Marion Creighton. She's a research scientist. And she and her father have been trying to find a cure for um, her sister Ellen from a genetic disease that stole their mother from them. Mm. And so as they're researching and looking for this cure, her father has been doing some research into ancient holy water. And so when he falls into a coma, Marion discovers some clues that suggest that he has crossed back in time. First, she thinks he's insane until she starts testing his theories for herself and finds her finds herself crossing back into time into back into the middle ages and so this is a time crossing novel as I mentioned where she eventually finds herself fully back in the Middle Ages. And as I was researching for this particular novel, as you said, it took a lot of research and a lot of digging and a lot of imagination. Mm -hmm. Um, I was trying to come up with a way to do time traveling without using like a time machine like we saw in i don't know if you watched the recent show timeless but they had like this big round time machine that Mm. allowed them to go back into different time periods or sometimes we think of fast cars like in the movie back to the future and or sometimes even like the Stone Hedges in Outlander. And mm-hmm. those methods generally take the body out of the present and plop them smack down into the past. But I wanted a time crossing that wasn't quite so obvious, where bodies weren't disappearing. So in crafting my new release, I uh, create, wanted to create a time crossing that sounded somewhat believable. So I began doing research on people who had fallen into comas and read accounts of them waking up from their comas and describing having very realistic dreams while in their comatose states. Dreams that almost felt as if they were having an alternate lifestyle. And then I, as I was doing research into this ancient holy water that was once believed to cure diseases, Uh, I also realized that the holy water gave very realistic visions. And so after sort of merging those two concepts, the comas and the holy water, I decided that would be my vehicle for the time crossing. (laughs) And so that um, led me to uh, delve more into the, the theories behind the holy water. And as I was looking into the holy water, I began to realize that this wasn't necessarily all fable, that there were real stories about people who had been healed as a result of drinking the holy water. And if you were to go to Canterbury Cathedral today, you would find what are known as the miracle windows in the cathedral that tell the story of different people having been healed as a result of drinking this holy water. So all that to say, did lots of research and came up with this method that I thought was kind of a fun way to have people going into the past without necessarily making it... uh, this weird you know, time travel thing. Yeah. Like more of a sci- science fiction. This is more feels more gentle, a gentler vehicle for transporting someone into the past.
1: That is if sick. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think that's great. I mean we all know like the H D Well's time travel machines and such mm-hmm. like you had mentioned. But this is so unique. Now it reminds me a lot of the book The Historian by Elizabeth Kostova. I uh, read that years ago and I'm rereading it. it, just started a couple of weeks ago, where she's a daughter trying to find her father and she travels across Europe, but she encounters uh, information about Vlad the Impaler, Dracula. But your uh-huh. book deals more with um, the 1600s, Middle Ages, Canterbury. I mean, what was your inspiration for going all the way back to the 1600s and the Middle Ages? Where Uh did that come from, that inspiration to do this?
0: Well, actually I went all the way back to the 1300s and that was a time of great unrest in the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. Particularly, I picked uh, the year 1381 and 1382 because it was a time where there was what has become known as the peasant revolt Mm -hmm. and this was a revolt that happened in England that where bands of peasants were roaming the countryside and their numbers were swelling every day because they were discontent with the taxes that were being levied upon them to pay for the war that was going on at that time between England and France. And that war was known as the hundreds year war. And so these high taxes were being put upon the poor and they couldn't pay them. And so the peasants began to revolt and they were basically roaming across the countryside and leaving this vengeful destruction in their wake. And they, in in this in Come Back to Me, as Marion goes into the past, she finds herself smack dab in the middle of this war, <laughs> which makes for a very interesting and fun writing as she's facing all this danger leaving her, her comfortable life in present time and going back not only to a strange new type of life where she doesn't have all of her modern conveniences, but now she's in this really dangerous setting. And so I picked that because it just was one of those time periods that's just rife with all kinds of plot information that I could add in. And as well as that, there were they made for adding in a really great hero. And so the hero of this story is a knight from the Middle Ages from this time period who has been fighting over in France in the Hundred Years' War, and he's come home on leave. He's been over there off and on for about 10 years. And so when he is at home, he's experiencing all of this unrest. He's a nobleman, and his peasants and the peasants in the countryside are are kind of starting to revolt, and he wants to protect his family. And he comes across Marion and offers to protect her. And so the whole story takes place as with him trying to figure out how to save his family from these dangerous peasants. And also obviously is a, a love story where of course, <laughs> he fall
1: yeah. in love. So yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, that's so neat. I like that. You said it there because like you said, there's plenty of conflict and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of, you know a conflict within the characters having to make certain decisions and such fascinating setting era Uh all of that i i just love that so you have a series though this is going to be the water waters of time series how many books will be in this series
0: Right now, I am working on the second
1: book in this series,
0: which is called *Never Leave Me*. And so, this is the sequel to uh, Marian's sister gets her story in this book, and she's the one who has this genetic disease, and she's dying. And so, in the second book, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but she gets to experience the healing water for herself this ultimate cure and then she also gets to experience some time in the past as well so it's another time crossing i'm not sure yet how many novels this series will have i i have an idea for a third book and i've sort of set that up in book number two but it's yet to be determined as far as whether i'll write that or not
1: I love that you're so prolific. You're always writing. That's so inspiring. That's yeah. <laughs> so inspiring for people like me. So you have like life lessons embedded in your books. Is that important to you to make sure that your themes um, that you ha- don't just write for pure you know entertainment, but you have like themes and lessons in your books?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I hear from young and older alike, and in from in emails and messages on Facebook and and just even in real real life uh, encounters just how they've been inspired by the stories that I tell and I've come to realize that stories really have power they have the power to move us and minister to us and motivate us and And you know that Sunday school teachers and youth leaders and pastors all use stories to capture our attention. And parents, as parents, we know stories have important ways of teaching character lessons. And we've used them as we parent our kids to talk about truth telling or uh, whatever it is. We know that stories often linger in our minds longer than just a sermon without any stories, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've come to really, and even Jesus told stories. Mm -hmm. He, I think he's told over 45 stories known as parables. Mm -hmm. And so he knew that that was a very important way of connecting truth in a way that people could really relate to. And so it's my hope through all of my stories to be able to inspire and bring hope, and as far as messages that people get from from each of my books, it's so different. Uh, I realized that what somebody needs as a reading will speak to them in a different way than someone else. It's 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 very it's really cool how God just kind of works through stories to touch people right where they need them. But, um, yeah, I, it, this, the lessons that are in come back to me have more to do with loyalty to family and forgiveness and learning that sometimes God doesn't always work things out the way we expect him to, but that he does in his own time in his own way and so, yeah, there's just so many different different things that readers can can get as they read fiction, which is why I, I just love fiction so much.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we were created in the image of God who wrote a story, right, from Genesis to right. Revelation, and it's his story. So we shouldn't be too surprised that we, as his creation, love words, and we love to express ourselves ourselves using words. So, yeah, it's it's very important, absolutely. I think, for writers to put those life lessons, those universal themes in our stories to uh, to grab our readers and uh, not to preach to them or anything, but to just let them know we we connect with you. We have we go through the same struggles that you're going through and in our characters, we want to show that our characters have hope, that there is hope in our stories. So absolutely. Well, I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. And I know you're a one busy lady. So I, I thank you so much for taking time to come on my podcast to talk about your newest book, Come Back to Me. When does it release exactly?
0: This one releases June 1st. And so be looking for it this summer. It will be already as we're recording this, readers are starting to write reviews and, and enjoying the story, and I'm just loving seeing the early enthusiasm. So yes, June 1st, and then the second installment of the Waters of Time series releases next
1: January. Wonderful. How exciting. What a neat summer for you. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, don't forget, listeners, you can connect with Jody on Facebook and chat with her on Twitter. And of course, she's on Instagram. You can find her on Pinterest as well. So be sure to connect with her, let her know how much you love her stories. And this new book, Come Back to Me, when it comes out in June. Wow, I'm just so honored that you came here to share with us your journey in writing this fascinating story. Thank you, Jodi.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Weaver.
1: I always enjoy talking with Jodi because she's so encouraging and fascinating. I love how she dives deep into her work and researching this book, Come Back to Me. Wow, that was extensive research she had to conduct, so be encouraged. And when her book comes out on June 1st, be sure to grab yourself a copy and leave a review because that's what encourages us writers to continue writing. And even if there, there's some criticism, doesn't matter. That's how we learn to become better writers. So do her a favor and leave a review of Come Back to Me really look forward to more books in this series. I thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join me here on my podcast to learn more about the writing process. And remember, always keep moving forward on your writing journey. And until next time, God bless.